0: Anthony screws up the intro. Well,
1: anyway, once again,
0: wow. yeah. Once again, once again. I forgot to unloop loop, but it's all right. I was staring at your face. My
1: apologies. oh god.
0: Oh, you know this is what happens when you leave me in control.
1: Yeah, See?
0: you know. Yeah, and by
1: the way, just for everybody watching, the AJ is actually Amanda Jin.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, uh, you know what? First, I want you to introduce our our guest right now. So please introduce our guest.
1: All right, Well, we have uh, two people coming on. We have our co-host, Johnny uh, from Para Cryptos, and we have our guest for tonight, who is Andy Guy from Scar. Was it Scar? Scar Tech. There's Johnny, yes, and there's Andy. Hey. Hi. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they wonder I'm so happy that you almost had trouble with the name too So now I don't
2: feel
1: that bad. You
0: know what I'm saying? No, I
2: still trying to get around the Amanda Gin part I was getting yeah. over the deja vu that I had from this, this countdown that kept on going on and on Right?
0: I know, I know I'm so sorry about that Andy Normally that doesn't happen But of course today it's just not working out I worked overnight past two nights So I'm kind of like still on the still Oh, we
1: are smallest fiddles out again here?
3: Oh my gosh, alright Anyway, anyway, Andy,
1: Jani, Jani, Andy.
3: Hi, Andy. Nice to you. meet you. I'm at work myself, so <laughs> I'm kind of like all over the place.
1: Yeah, well, I can see even you're doing more now than AJ does in the whole night. Yeah. <laughs> Carry yeah. on, Amanda. Go
3: ahead. Don't make anyway. me sit you in the corner. I know. Well, I wanted to ask you,
0: Jenny, how you been? Because I know there was a warning out over there. So, has everything been all right with the weather?
3: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It was. I'm just going to take my earpiece out because it's really muffled. Um, we had a um. Can you hear me? Is everything? Can you hear me? Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah, cool. So, um, we had a um state of emergency. Another one, which basically what's happening is every storm that we've been having that sweeps through every couple of weeks, um, is it's just heavy so we did have like cyclones come through again there's another one due this week and every single time it happens the rain is just so torrential that it just floods everything we've got mountains with landslips and it's just been pretty crazy like um
0: well, I'm glad we've just been smashed
3: out. absolutely smashed with the weather yeah
0: well, i'm glad everything's alright.
3: mother nature's having her her way
0: <laughs> yeah, right She's the boss Well, anyway, let's get going with the show What I wanted to first ask you is Andy, can you tell us, uh, our viewers and everyone Just a little bit about yourself uh, Your background and all that type of stuff, please
2: Sure um, find... So background is um, a kind of background of electrical engineering So I worked for Dell for a bit And uh, then moved on from that To, to more computer sciences, databases, etc um, Then into project management But uh, the paranormal side, my interest came back from when I was was a kid. I used to go to the library in school and just check out all the paranormal books, you know, the Osborne, Book of Ghosts, and anything I could really get my hands on. I hadn't ever seen anything or witnessed anything. It was just such a fascinating topic. Um, And it wasn't until later on I got to go to a a public investigation with a a team that I really even got any sort of experiences on my own. I was always kind of academically very interested in this big mystery and how people were seeing these things, and we hadn't yet actually proven they existed. Mm. And, and then when I actually moved into the uh, investigating, that's kind of what I tried to do. I, I tried to look at if there was something to it, and then after then, try to work out what it was. So that's kind of where I've come from, is actually trying to understand some of the, that's the science behind the things that people are witnessing. And drill down on things we're, with, we're actually experiencing and patterns we're seeing to then understand a little bit more about what we're doing out there.
0: Wow, that is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. And it's so nice to meet someone that is, has an electrical engineering background because there's so many questions that I've had in this field that I would love to ask you at another time. Um, but about equipment and stuff like that. But Robin, go ahead and um, ask your you know ask your question, man.
1: No, I'm just fascinated on people that come in from uh, from different backgrounds and stuff. I mean, you're one of the first ones, Andy, that has actually come in and said, "Well, I didn't have any experiences. I was just interested in it." <laughs> Normally, everybody that comes on is like, you know, "Well, when I was four, I seen this, or when I was nine, this happened to me," and, and it, it just gets, <clears throat> you know, it 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 starts someone off on a on a trail. But it, it's like it's it's nice to actually see someone coming in who didn't have the experiences to start with and was just interested in it and just wanted to, to look further into it. So you know, how, how do you think that's helped you in your in your career so far in the paranormal compared to people who actually have experiences, who sort of start off with an experience and work that way, where you come in I,
2: like the opposite way? I think for me, it's, it's going to left me in a position where I've not come into it with a uh, position of belief. It's more a uh, inquisitive skepticism. So I don't ever look to just poo-poo anything. I look to try and understand it a little bit more. So for me, it's never about like what you're doing is wrong and what you're doing is wrong. It's more like, okay, so something's happening with you. Let's, let's try and look at the variables in that and break it down. And if you want to kind of say this is paranormal, then I'll, I'll work with you to try and then knock out the things which someone can just say, no it's that, no, it's that, and really focus on. It. So I'm kind of very middle ground that I don't really I don't feel like I need to believe in something because I've witnessed things that I can't explain. But I then don't also then just say everything everything is natural, everything's the wind, everything's is your own imagination, because that doesn't help either. Because I'm interested in trying to progress our understanding of it. So chucking things out is is a waste of waste of data really. It's more about yeah. Spending picking the wheat from the chaff. And if you need to refine what people are getting, then try and figure out how you can do that. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. uh, I I I want to ask you, um, what was one of your first experiences that you had when you started to get into this work?
2: So it was was literally my first investigation. Um, We went to Woodchester Mansion um, which is just kind of funny. I went there on Friday as well. But uh, went to Wichester Mansion and it was with a with a group and it, it wasn't the best organized. There were people kind of running around the whole building everywhere, and I'd kind of come from a background of wanting to learn about it, so I'd watched all the, the the taps shows and everything. So first investigation went there with a Mel meter and a night vision camera, and I was wandering around trying to find a space where I couldn't just hear people screaming and shouting and running around. And I went near the entrance to the building because no one was bothering them there. And as I was going past this, this room, I thought, oh, I've not been in that room. Maybe it's a bit quiet. Maybe I can just go in there and do a bit of, bit of calling out. And I turned the camera to face that room, and it was blocked off. And for some reason, I thought that you could get through there. And I went to look through the hole. And I don't know if you I'm – not, I'm not mediumistic or psychic or anything at all, but – you tend to kind of get this sort of weird, sort of heavy, sort of Scooby-Doo-y feeling sometimes. You think, oh, this is this is an interesting place to, to stop and mm. investigate. Um, So I did, and I just felt like I was being watched or something. So I said, are you watching me? Um, why are you watching me? And then in the all- earphones which I had into the camera, I heard, Arthur! Oh, as long as that, and it's on the recording as well. And I've had some better things since then, but was so impactful for me as well that there was it was not around it wasn't on the record i had um just down the corridor it was just in this camera i heard it real time and that grabbed me because it's it coincidentally was the name of my father who passed a couple of years ago but i didn't i didn't jump to that conclusion because it's for me it's like why would why would he be here and saying his own name but looking into it in the building there was an Arthur who was the child of the, one of the owners who died at a very young age. Wow. And listening to the audio, it, it sounds sad. Arthur sounds like it's lamenting Arthur as opposed to telling me its name. So that was the first one. But also it's, it was for me, it was a game changer. It was like, oh, there, OK, there is something to this. I need to really understand what's going on here
0: right i love when something like that happens too like you you know it, like did you research that like before you didn't like research that before obviously you you said no. you researched it afterwards I, so I,
2: I did research I building the happened. william, william league etc but we didn't of because it was the, the child ju- died at such a young age it wasn't really in yeah. the papers or anything we only found out years later after several returns that wow. um there was an Arthur because they put like a family tree inside Woodchester well, I and mean, it wasn't there at the time and we didn't know. And it was like, oh, that's where it came from. That's, that's where Arthur was.
0: Wow, that is so awesome. See, I love when stuff like that happens because that totally does it. Good evening, uh, Henry. How are you? And um, I See,
1: Woodchester uh, I- Mansion is somewhere over here that I've always wanted to go to and I haven't been yet.
2: It's a great place to investigate, even with like a really small team, because they do this kind of deals on a Friday for small team rates. So I've been there a couple of times with just three people, and that's and it's great to investigate it's such a huge building, and knowing you are the only people there. And if anything is yes. walking around or banging, it's not just some other part of the group that's that's been careless. It's uh, it's well worth a visit, and not and not too dear compared to some of the, some of the places that you can rent out. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Now, before, in the back, you were talking about um, your team and stuff like that. Can you talk a little bit about your team, when you had it started, and um, you know, thought a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so I investigate with a team called Southern Ghost Society, which is kind of set up as a, as a not-for-profit. So it a, does a mixture of um, private events. So you have then kind of regular um, people who, who investigate for years, people you kind of trust, who then act as team leaders for public events. So, there's a bit of a balance between the two. Um, mainly because you tend to find if, if private teams uh, go too long, you lose people and they just kind of die out. So, we kind of like having a bit of a mixture of public and private because then you, you get to meet new people, and you get, and then some of those people then become part of the regular team, and you kind of get this sort of fresh blood approach to it. And mm-hmm. uh, it's run by a guy called Dan Marchant, and I've been the tech guy in it for I don't know how long lot of years <laughs> so yeah i started off with building all the kit that we use there so that the data loggers and environmental sensors and everything which is actually part of the research we've been doing for the past twelve years
0: that is awesome now when you log your data sorry robin i just want to ask this one one question no,
2: okay
0: um when you log your data how do you go about doing it are you old school with the pen and paper or do you do it oh, on no, no? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah so tell no. me
2: Come. So um, I took this approach from an experiment that was done in the 70s where they built this, this they call it the Spider, which was a, was a data logger, and it was built on a trolley. Um, I called Tony Cornell from Bradley, and it had lots of cables going off to different environmental sensors. And I thought, well, you know, it's, it's technology progressed. We have Arduinos now and lots of sensors. So I built um, a Spider, but it was just in a simple box. And that's electronically every second records the temperature and the air pressure and the humidity and the EMF and calculates, uh, the dew um, dew point as well as, uh, if fog is possible or if dust is possible to suspend in the air and the current battery level, but also enabled us to click a remote button and then do a little stamp at that point in, in the, uh, data. And what we do is then record an event, something happens. I hit a stamp, and then I can then upload that to my website. The website oh. then goes, you stamp, dun, 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 dun. And I have another oh. stamp, which is for when you start your audio recorders. And then I can choose that to then just just do checks of whenever you've seen something, go to those points. So we start with just one, and then we move to, if we have a team of three, each have one. It's also then I built a backpack, which made it mobile, so I could walk around, film, dual audio, as well as the, the data logging. But the best bit, the bit, and I always, this is my advice, And so whenever people ask me, you know, what, what do I do to kind of, you know, have them control, we have one outside as well. So afterwards, we look at graphs and go, okay, air pressure was fluctuating in this room or the temperature dropped. The graph shows what happened outside as well. So we just very quickly go, okay, that was just natural. That was a bit of wind and the temperature dropped. That cool. is great. You can say, oh, no, that temperature dropped. That was just in that room. It wasn't in the other team room. It wasn't outside. For some reason, that temperature dropped three degrees just next to that person.
0: That is awesome. Now tell me, do you also take notes? Are you like a note taker too while you're out in the field?
2: No, because because the way that we do the my backpack, I just oh, okay. hit a button and I just say what I've seen yeah. or witnessed. Yeah. And then that's on the recording. I can just jump to that point and then...
0: I figured that. I figured that. I just didn't know if you were ever doing something, and you were like, oh you know, kind of write some notes." <laughs> I, u- quick, I used know, to.
2: Quick. I used to have a little, little kind of a clipboard on a on a stretchy thing on my on my waist, and was writing things down until I progressed it to yeah. not not need that anymore.
0: Yeah. No. No. That's great. I mean, I I, I love that. It's just funny because I, I I did it myself. Like I I do that myself. I still do the notebook thing sometimes and all this stuff and. I have tons of notebooks of, of just stuff in it. And um, it's funny, like, I, I, I love the way that you just switched it over, though, because the way that you have it now is just absolutely awesome. I mean, to be able to have it also outside, too, like you just said, is, is mm. such a great um, experiment because, it, you know, like you said, it shows if it's natural or if it's not, which I think is so important in an investigation. So that is I so great. That
2: it's I found as well that I was building up this big pile of evidence I'd like this oh this is a great EVP or that was interesting and then what do you do with it and all these notes and this information what do you do with it so by turning it into an electronic form in a database um, my site compares everything so it can tell us that for footsteps the conditions uh, that they occur in are between this and this humidity this and this temperature this light level etc and that's where we started seeing patterns that you were, you were having fluctuations in air pressure, for example, which occurred just before someone clicked and logged an event. And over-investigations are then developed, these data loggers, to also become alerts, which then showed graphs of mm. this air pressure fluctuation, which then you went, oh, okay, the, the air pressure is fluctuating, let's pay attention now, let's see if, what's going on. So it take, we took that pile of things that happened and turned them more into data points, which then helps you focus... More going on, and it's a bit. I know it's kind of blowing your whistle, but it's been quite successful in being able to kind of draw people's oh, attention when they might otherwise just be, you know, having a natter about another location or something.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I love the way that you do it. I think that's absolutely awesome, Robin Go ahead, man.
1: No, I just, I just want to ask you. This, I'm going to touch on the age-old subject again here, the one that seems to rub a lot of people up the wrong way, but orbs right? So everybody has their view on them. A lot of people don't believe them, and, and it's that and the other. But do you think in, in your line of work as, a, as a, an inventor, as a creator of equipment, that it's possible at some point down the line to invent something? I mean, you might have already been mentioning it, but to invent something that you can actually tell was that orb, for instance that, that you just seen there was that actually paranormal or what or you know is there a lot of dust in the atmosphere or you know you know I mean there's there's all this subject where people will say oh it was definitely an orb and other ones will look and say no no it wasn't it was an insect or you know it, it was it was a dusty area and I I have ways of looking at it where if someone says it was dust but it was only one orb, was like well, if it was dust, there'd be loads of them. Things like that. But is there anything you reckon that you can that you can invent in the future that that could possibly try and divide the uh, the opinions on that?
2: And um, one thing I, I did, yeah, I mentioned very briefly was one of the uh, data points, which we're recording each second, is the possibility of dust being suspended in the air or not, because there's. Yeah. A humidity condition, which means it's humid, dust just fall because it gets too wet. So again, it comes back to variables. You've got to try and remove these variables to prove things or disprove things. So if you could say dust can't be in the air, it's, it wouldn't float around anymore. It's too wet. It would just, just sink. So if you get an, an orb when that condition says dust is possible, then for me, you've not controlled all these variables. And scientifically, you say, this is still a possibility. It still can be dust. Mm. Yeah, but if no, you rule them out would... you go, it can't be dust because there's no way dust would be floating around
1: no, no it's just, it, the, re- the reason I asked the question is because you'll you'll see ones, they'll move in a certain way, you know what I mean, and you'll think, well why would, why would dust move in that, you know, in that direction, you, you, you'll you maybe see, for people who can't see or sense a spirit in one area, and It'll be like trying to get your attention and all of a sudden on the camera, you'll see what, well, for want of a better word, a light anomaly come from that direction towards you. And it's like, well, you know, then to me that it's, it's quite possibly something paranormal, but obviously because the people who are watching aren't actually there. Well, they're going to say, well, you, you obviously could just say that the spirit was over that way. And you could just say that it was coming towards you, but you know, the, I just think there there has to be something of all the equipment that people are making for communication and movement, and you know, and and EVPS and stuff. Surely there's got to be something down the line that that can separate light anomalies from like insects and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I suspect so because it, it is all just collection of variables and, and i like thought you I've, I've seen some very compelling footage but that tends to be when you have i think the terms of preponderance of evidence where we're mm. trying to prove something amazing we need to have a lot of evidence to prove it so if we want to yeah. prove that that that's an, an anomaly on the camera is representation of a spirit form in just like one point of energy then mm. it's, it's up to us then it will improve the amount of evidence we have to prove it it proving that particular piece of light on on the picture on the screen isn't isn't enough. Because if you said that that light is that's the proof of life after death, you'd go, that's that's not enough for me. Even if you could say it's definitely not bugs, definitely not uh, dust, it's still not proof of anything. It's just a proof that there was a light on the camera. The um the interesting bit's when you kind of you you tie in it with other factors like was that light actually emitting on anything? So I've seen good footage where fairly recently actually at Merley House where one of the people who worked there was just sitting inside the lobby, kind of keeping out of everyone's way. And then they started filming around and they had this light anomaly that kind of floated through the air. And they showed it to me and I was like, okay, you know, I've seen this, I've seen this sort of thing before. And then it passed to the table and the table lit up underneath it. And you're like, okay, so now you've introduced this other variable that not only do you see that that light on the camera, the table was lighting up from that particular light. So you've then got two pieces of it. I suppose just to that, that one. Um, yeah. I've also seen it where people's equipment have gone off as that light has passed those. Now in that case, you then got another piece of evidence back up that one bit of light. But in itself, you've only got a little bit of light recorded on on a camera. No matter what it is. Yeah. yeah. You know
1: what stinks? You
0: know what stinks? I feel like no matter how much evidence we come out and prove, I feel like there's going to be some people that still, no matter what, it, it'll yeah. never be enough. But still, like. In a scientific aspect for like people like me and you and, and you know and Rob and stuff like that, like that would be enough for me to have scientific proof that the scientific community would acknowledge and come out and say that it was true. That would be enough for me to finally be like, I could put this down maybe. I still would do my, my own research, but still like I would not, you know, be striving towards something so major, you know what I mean? I would be more complacent in the little goals, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that that's a great thing, the way that you said it and how you would measure it and stuff like that, because that's absolutely awesome. I, I, to think think is-
1: I think the thing about it, AJ, is not to cut you off, but I think what it was trying to say was, you know, where where we have, you know, communication-wise, there's always a a newer spirit box being brought out by a different company. You know what I mean? There's always a newer, like, you know, motion detector being brought out by a different company. There's always a newer, uh, you know, Infrared flashlight, you know. There's newer cameras that are coming out that got, you know, and there, there's always newer stuff that's coming out. But it's like, it's like to me, orbs is the one thing in this, in this uh, field that can cause a lot of arguments. And yeah, because you, you they, know they
2: they in, just, in isolation, I mean, if you yeah, heard, they're, they're, uh, there's, there's an, an opening there
1: for someone.
2: So if you had like a shadow or light detector, which was present at the same time as recording that video and that detected that light, then yeah. that would prove that that's that what you got on the camera existed in the physical plane and not just anomaly on the camera. Yeah. That's Johnny, have you got a word. question? If you'd if you'd seen the light <laughs> through your eyes and the camera picked it up, then you would have you would have had a an light anomaly. I've I've recorded a couple of times where I've seen a light and logged it and then gone back. Not really expecting it's gonna be there because your eyes play tricks, but then you actually see a light on the camera, and that yeah. point it's not an orb. It's it's a light anomaly where it's physically been in the world and you've recorded it. Yeah, because the question is, if you didn't see it, how did the camera see it?
0: Yes, absolutely. You know, and I, one thing I want to say about that before I give it over to Jenny, quick, um, I just want to say I, I was at Montana State Prison, and when I was there, I saw a light anomaly twinkle in the in the jail cell, and I caught it. Actually, on the camera as well in the night vision, which I was so happy that I caught it. But it was hmm. so amazing to see because it's like, where where did that sparkle come? Where did that light come from all of a sudden? So, yeah, you know, it, was, it was really weird to see. But I know what you was
3: saying. But Jenny, go yeah. ahead. What was your question, Jenny? Um, just a, a quick, you know, talking about you know equipment and like if there's anything that you have that's able to, um to pick up on things. So one of my experiences is I was doing a a house cleanse and we I, I called in this conduit. I've not I've only worked with her like twice before, but I've never seen anything like this. So what was she was doing is while she was calling in the angels, so you know Archangel Gabriel Michael or that um I was witnessing her her complete aura was changing. So it was almost like As she would call in, her colour would change to the angel that it was. It was the most phenomenal thing I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, And then recently I met a lady who has had um, the same thing. So she literally walked into a meet and greet that I had while I was in Australia and she knew she had to come down and meet me. Um, And so when she did, she's walked in and she's just this beaming aura of light. And when I seen her, another friend of mine was sort of looked at me like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And I'm like, I'm seeing this. Like she just had this radiant aura around her. So, I mean, you know, you get things like aura readings and stuff like that. But is there anything that you can pick up that would actually collectively capture, you know, it's almost like a bio, I'm not going to say bioluminescence because it's not you know, on the on the on the structure of what we know bioluminescence to be, but is there anything that we're that, that is available that can capture that um, in action? I guess. Or have you have you considered creating anything that is of that?
2: No, you know, no, not at all. I think it's I think it's a, a lot of a um, lot of human factor there that it would be hard to kind of disassociate from the environmental factor. I'm quite interested in your theory, though, about how different colors are generated, because colors would indicate a wavelength. And the human body does generate an electronic field, an electrical field, and several fields, in fact, but, and those all are on different wavelengths. So, do you think colors, they may be linked to the wavelength of those naturally generating fields?
3: For, uh, well, in, in what I've seen, think... I witnessed angels coming into her, doing what she needed them to do, as in, you know, one would just come in and then just she would radiate this color and then it would fade away and then you could almost see it move out while she's calling in the next one and then the next one. I watched wings wrap around her and it was just the most crazy thing. But while we were cleansing, we'd opened up this vortex to kind of like try and get as far spread as we possibly could to get spirits to come in and pass over. Um, and at that point, it was almost watching watching the colours go through her and watching these spirits come into her. She's a conduit, so she, she's and very, very good. Now, I've never seen anything like it. Only those two times that I've ever witnessed anything like that. Probably never witness it again, but, you know, hopefully I do because it's pretty magical. Um, But I was just querying, you know, if there was anything that you had because we did discuss when I was talking about it, you know, it would be great if somebody could invent something that would capture that, you know, and I thought maybe that would be an idea for you um, or if you have considered doing anything like that.
2: Well... Everything I do comes from what we witness and what the conditions were and what environmental impacts that particular thing is. So that can be uh, things like moon phases, number of people present, the, the energy in the room, the time, time of night and time of day, etc. So to get to that end point, we'd need to then capture what energy was present during those events. So. I don't tend to, I don't, I don't make things which are, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to try and make something that senses like this and then make it beep. That's not the direction I come from. I come from researching something that someone's witnessed and then seeing these patterns, seeing if there is a change in the the bioelectricity that is close to a human, then, then you can then go, ah, I see. So you you have got a bit of ability, which you can't communicate through to an electrical device. Because it's, it's something, a, a skill and a talent and something unknown to decide so still what, what exactly you, you can do. But if that is impacting the, the world at the same point, then that is measurable in some way. But it would need a lot of research to then see exactly how to then detect that.
3: Okay. I'm actually, yeah. I'm actually, like, really interested on how far this could go. I mean, when you're looking at even... You know such energies as like um you know being able to remote view have you have you studied somebody in that like have you know have you been able to sit and um you know video somebody doing that be able to study their their energy field around them while they're in that moment
2: no I, I don't tend to do specifically uh psychical skill um i, I don't focus on any sort of psychic skill, either debunking or proving or focusing on whatsoever. Mine is more about um, people's experiences that they've witnessed, usually with their five senses, opposed to uh, sixth sense.
0: Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. Please. Yeah,
3: yeah. You,
2: you can do this, and there's been a lot of studies um, conducted by a lot of um, good institutions, and they've got entire departments of people who, who do uh Psychical research, um, yeah and that takes that takes a, a lot of focus. And yeah. I'm trying to take a more broader sweep approach, as opposed to focus. Because you'd have to focus on individual by individual as well. Because no no two people who have a set of skills which are not really acknowledged as as, as um, scientific have the same set of skills. They have different strengths, weaknesses. Yeah. Some people can see things, but can hear them. Some people. Taste them, and you really would have to just focus on the individual and work with the individual for a long period of time to be able to then see any patterns. I think, yeah,
0: no, I totally understand. that. Man. Hey, yeah, I wanted to actually ask, um, I wanted to ask you if you could start showing us some of your work, some of your devices. Yeah, you sure, created. I would love to see them.
2: I'll talk to you the story then. So, um, the first thing I, I put together was called a TAD, which is a thermal noise detector. And what that does is I, uh, it's a bit, bit light, actually. <laughs> it, yeah, lights yeah. Up. it lights up. So um, I had a number of different bits of kit and I'm not sure about you you guys, but half my kit box is full of equipment, which is there to check the other half. And I was having bits of equipment go off and saying there was a temperature change, but I, then I have other equipment that says it's not changing at all. So which do I believe? So, I wanted to get something which was focused on, like this, where it's detecting a, a hot spot, I focused on detecting hot spots and cold spots, because I had lots of data on when those have occurred. And I saw the pattern mm. of the change of the temperature. And I thought, okay, I've seen that pattern. I'm just going to focus on when a hot spot occurs and when a cold spot occurs. And I know how much that that's changed by. And that's the, the important bit. You, you have the knowledge of the equipment. And when you tend to buy things, they don't tell you how it works and they don't tell you how it changes by. Um, so you don't really learn from it. You just see something's happened and then you try and react to it. Yeah. So I first you started producing the thermal normal detectors and those those went down pretty well. And um, I used to use them all over as well. Whenever someone started feeling cold or or um, warm, I would just plonk one by them so then it can then have the extra validation of what they were experiencing, um, yeah. which kind of helped back up quite a lot of uh, experiences in some places. Um along this time we started seeing a lot of air pressure fluctuation which was occurring during sometimes these these hot cold spots but also when k2s were going off or mm. people were hearing footsteps or, or any sort of things it was it was kind of unusual it was like over uh, 0.7 micropascals. uh you get kind of the small effects and then over 0.10 so 1.9 um, there were bigger things. So I made this device, which is the Aeroflux, and its job is just to look for that pattern of fluctuation and alert you that pay attention, something might be happening. And generally speaking, it random air pressure doesn't change it. It's, it's looking for a very specific pattern to then go, yeah, I can I can see this, it's going on. Wow. And those these have been very useful to a lot of teams. They've come back and said, They've been amazing. I, I put them in doorways. I, I put them outside the area. I put them inside the area. And whenever it goes off, things are happening. And to me, that's mm. it's really validating that other teams around the world have said, yeah, I'm seeing the same thing, that this is actually going on at the same time as as that, which to yeah. me is, is good scientific method, is, is finding results and then allowing other people to re- replicate the experiment.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And
2: and then um as for experiments i went to uh, a couple of places where they had footsteps and i was really interested to find out okay so people are hearing footsteps are they detecting the footsteps just by by listening to the, the sound of the air pressure changing the floor yeah. or is the stair actually moving or the footstep actually making the wood on the floor actually vibrate so um, I was into ge- um, geophones and thought oh, they're kind of expensive. So I came up with the Seismo because I wanted to put those down like you know, several stairs on a staircase to see if footsteps are occurring, where were they and how far that they were. Um, so we found a much, much kind of more economical way of doing the same thing, same sort of sensitivity. And that is the Seismo, which is a s- seismometer that alerts to um, changes. And it was quite interesting because the place we were looking at I put them down the stairs were in his footsteps yeah. and we saw them go off for a bit down the first few and then stopped we still heard the footsteps so no. it's almost like the, the energy of, of that it seemed residual residual recording had enough to kind of impact the seismos but then after that point didn't and it was just audio which is fascinating because that tells you a little yeah. bit something about it um as opposed to just saying oh i had some footsteps
0: I find it absolutely fascinating. I I love that. See, that is so great. Please keep going. Please keep going.
2: (laughs) And the the last one, which I um, I I generally put there, is called the Magnavex because it's a magnetometer, um, which then detects a change. So, what we saw, um, we did this magnetometer data log across lots of investigations, and then looked at if it changed, if the if sorry the magnetic field change. So we're not talking about EMF, we're talking about magnetic field. so um, magnetic energy which isn't moving is a magnetic yeah. field. Um, and what we were seeing was um, occasionally you'd see spikes in one polarity or sometimes a switch to the other polarity field, so a north to south field which is present. So what this does is for the first five minutes of being on, it's just monitoring the, the natural magnetic field and then detecting any natural anomalies that occur in that point. And it kind of baselines those and forgets about that. And then after that point, if it sees any spikes or it sees any changes, then it alerts and tells you. Mm. Um, and that's been, that's been fascinating. We've been detecting some really interesting patterns where that's only going off in areas where people are, like, investigating. It's almost like it needs the, the energy of people investigating to, to make those changes to the magnetic field as opposed to they sit in other areas and just they don't go off at all all night.
0: I have always said that. Have I not said that Robin to you that like, it's always like I, I had some feeling that like the, you know, electromagnetic, you know, field, whatever. I always thought the magnetic part, you know, the magnetic field had something really to do with the paranormal field, like hardcore. Like I just, you know, didn't, I couldn't think of something or <laughs> like yourself. I'm not that talented. Um, but I tell you what, that is absolutely awesome. I definitely want to speak to you more on this because, Um, you know, I, I definitely would love to order some things from you because i love man. like, this is totally a game changer, man. This is awesome. Um, tell me what, what is your, um, opinion on spirit box and stuff like
2: that? Um, Um, it to me, I'm going to keep saying these words, but it's, it's, it comes down to variables. So if you listen to that spirit box, there's several variables there, which you kind of, you have to eliminate in order to say, this is something paranormal, this is not normal. One of them being radios. So if you're getting a radio station through, that's not paranormal. That that's a radio station. That's that's a human yeah. broadcasting a radio station. The other factor is interpretation. So that's the person hearing this, this this word coming out and saying, "Okay, I heard Tim. It was definitely Tim. That's what I had." So I'm currently making the, one of my next devices is is focused around the Estes method because mm-hmm. there's a lot of results coming out from people, but you, you have those variables there. You still have radio stations and people, even more so, only just hearing the words and they're saying them. You're using the spirit box without it, you've at least got maybe a group of people listening and they can then debate what they heard. So yeah, just sneak preview because it's, it's not really out there. But um, what it does is it goes so fast that you don't pick up radio stations, but you can tune the speed like to, to be way beyond what the spirit box does. But also has a seek function. So it picks out the radio stations and then on oh. the next cycle, skips them. So you miss those frequency of time. Oh. It also has a, another output jack. So you can put an audio recorder as you're doing the Zestus. So later on, you can then sync that with an audio recorder, which is going to a mic or dual, dual connect it with the, with the one you've got on your hand. And oh. then other people can listen to it and go, yeah, I heard the same thing or I didn't hear the same thing. And you don't have to then give that that um, power suggestion type approach to it. And then you are saying, I definitely heard this. And um, the last, last thing is some, a feature that's all kind of, I'm kind of dif- drifted a little bit here, but got me onto the subject now. Oh, yeah. um, the one thing I've seen in, in the Esther sessions is, mm-hmm. is forgetting the variable factor for a second, when people communicate communicating back to the person who's asking the questions, they're not passing all the information. So, a person can be—you can be listening. You can be hearing, say, two voices who are kind of like communicating together. Or you might hear a man, you hear a woman, or you might have someone who just appears out of nowhere it's a different voice. And it's very hard for the person with the earphones in to then communicate that. So the person calling out and trying to use that method has has no way of knowing that the conversation's actually shifted. So it's quite simple, but it's—it's it's, the device looks a bit like half a game controller. Mm. And it's got three buttons which then project a a, a light below which is, then you can do different colors so in, in advance you can agree say so, okay i'm going to session and this if if it's a male voice i'll hit green and if it's a female voice i'll hit blue and then you can then do that so that you get that extra level of communication with the person that is awesome
0: that is awesome um anthony Sabellos, one of our good friends and good pals um he asked um he said he's looking oh let me pull it up. I'm looking for a device that could show the frequency of a place. What would you suggest?
2: Uh, an oscilloscope. Basically. If, um, if hey, he got three a...
0: times fast, Anthony. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oscilloscope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you then you need to work out the frequency of what? And then then that's the sensor you need to feed into the oscilloscope to then determine what frequencies that thing's at. So one thing I've it's a really cheap hack and not many people use it, but it's 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 really game-changing if you're interested in EMF, is, um, you know, guitars and the pickups they have on, on them. So they're kind of like a few dots, yep. electronic yep. guitars. If yep. You just take one of those, put a 3.5-millimeter jack on it and put it into your audio recorder. You can hear EMF. So you can wander around and you can then hear you well, not radio say you can hear, like, data cables and power lines. But if you're not, not anywhere near any of that, you can then just hear the EMF environment. But also, if you get any EMF on there which shouldn't be there, you stick that in, say, Audacity, do a, a spectrum analysis. You could tell the frequency of that EMF, which normally you, you, with a K2, you, you can't. You can tell the strength. but You can't learn anything about how much energy was there with the frequency.
0: You just gave me the best idea ever with that because I'm a guitarist. So you're, yeah. you, me yeah, you,
2: you must have a bunch knocking around.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely do. So that's why you just totally gave me an idea because... I'm, I want to make, like, I'm. I, my thing, I love communicating with a spirit box, but I want to, like, make them somehow in a better way, like how you're about to do. You're about to do something game-changing with it, and I, I can't, I'm going to be one of the first people to order that thing because <laughs> you have no idea, Andy. You had me, like, you had me right to the screen, man. Um, But, yeah, Anthony, don't worry, man. I know I lost you a little bit of what he said, but don't worry that you could go back and listen to it again. It's uh, a oscilloscope is what he said. <laughs>
2: You can, um, in all seriousness, I went around with an for a little while when we were researching some of this stuff. You can get these little kind of little cheap handheld units that you just can connect to anything, and that will show you a waveform. And you can then, it requires a little bit of a, you know, looking at a YouTube videos to work out how they're working. But you can then check the frequencies of, of anything you you put through it, so audio as well, as well as EMF or even vibrations. You can you can find exactly more information about what you're detecting with with these other sensors yeah
1: so the so the idea that you had for let's get back to because this was interesting to me now that the spirit box the 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 new device that you're actually inventing is that something along the lines aj of what you've been speaking about to me for so long or what you were trying to do
0: something like that yeah but he just gave the idea of like how to pick up the emf field without having to like so i was thinking about doing a spirit box without having to scan though so, like, if yeah. you moved in on a like an EMF field and you're reading EMF, what? Can, I wonder if we can get responses through that EMF, you know, wave. Do you think that we might be able to? Well, I
2: have a, I have a theory which EVP. I'm trying to focus on this this year. Actually, yeah. um, it's to do with ninety but ninety spirit box sessions, but also EVPs. That yeah. the way you're getting these things is is not actually through the air, not through, not through air fluctuations, but EMF and that EMF is then being recorded through the dynamic microphone on the, on the, on the dictaphone or whatever, and that's how it's being recorded. But Similarly, when people are either listening through spirit boxes or got them in their ears, they're actually hearing the amplifier in whatever device it is picking up the EMF and then it being sent through to however they're listening through it, so either the speaker or the, or the earphone. Yep. So I've kind of got this theory that when you're seeing EMF spikes those things could actually be communications. If you had a dictaphone near that EMF spike, could you be picking up an EVP at that point?
0: Yeah. I mean I would think so.
2: <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. We need to focus yeah. on experimenting with that.
1: Um, no, definitely. Yeah, the reason the reason that I asked though was because you were talking, AJ, about about working on higher frequencies, weren't you, than as on
2: a regular yeah.
0: But I never thought EMF, and then you could just use a guitar pickup like that. You and, don't. You, know, you, you just
2: just stick a jack on the end of on a, a pickup yeah. and plug in something, and you and it changes your perception of EMF a hell of a yeah. lot just just by walking around and hearing it. I used it for debunking to, initially to because people yeah. were going, "I'm getting K two going off." What is? And I could I would just go around listening and yeah. find where it came from.
0: Yeah. No, that is a great thing. That is awesome. Hey, Anthony already <laughs> found know. one. Anthony already found one. He goes, "I'm getting it." Look at. <laughs> You'll be fine in the oscilloscope. Good job, Andy. We've made Good someone job. happy. Right? Good job, Andy. <laughs> but before well, um, we we'll go be any further, I just
1: want to find out, AJ, you need the ad, Andy, after the show.
0: Yeah, we definitely need to chat for sure. So, because Andy.
1: this is what this is what AJ does, Andy. Right? He no, says no. to me, he says, "You go and get the guests," right, <laughs> which I do, and then I get the guests and I tell them who I've got. But then because he's co-host, when he should then go and friend request these people as well, (laughs) he doesn't. And then when it comes to the show, at the end of it, he's like, oh, well, I've really got a friend request you after this. Talk more about it. Well, just try doing it when I tell you, man.
0: Hey, he left out the one part, though, Andy. He left out the one part where this is all he says. I go, so who's on this week? Now, normally he knows I need a picture and a bio just so I have the description so I can write a description, right? So he go, he sends me over just a name. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? He's like, well, just look it up. Like, oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate yeah. it.
2: What if I get You're the wrong one. guy?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's like, like, the it's like guy. being to a maniac here. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, see, because, you know, you never know. Like, you know. God forbid like you wanted to be called Andy and your last name Guy, but your last name really wasn't Guy and you just wanted to be called it because it was a nickname. How would I know? You know what That's I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was so thrown off. But thank you, Robin. I appreciate you throwing me under the bus. I appreciate
1: it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anytime. <laughs> well, Andy,
1: I want to say from
0: <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, you're right. I do. Um, but I wanna say thank you so much, um, obviously for coming on, but I want to keep talking real quick um about what you were saying. So, you have a couple things in the works, is what I'm guessing right now. So, I mean, I I've heard a, about the one. I've got a list yeah, a as lot of, my arm. <laughs> okay, is there any that you could share with us, real quick?
2: So, uh, one thing I'm, I'm very excited about, and it's something you just touched on, weirdly, really, is is about frequencies and about focusing on trying to pin it down. And that's, I've got, I nicknamed it the ghost frequency because it's just a word for it. But we found that if you lose a spectrum analyzer on good EVPs or good disembodied voices, we are finding a lot of, um, a lot of amplitude in the 400 to 550 um, hertz range, so very low. And what if you do if you if you boost the gain on those frequencies themselves? It tends to make EVPs a lot clearer. You kind of pick up a little bit more from them. So what I'm working on now is, is a very simple... Um, band pass filter just to to focus on those and then have that. I'm I'm working with a passive one at the moment, but I'm also working on an active one depending on which works better experimentation. But then use different things to pass through it. So put a guitar pickup there so you're only picking up those frequencies. Put a a microphone through it so you're only picking those frequencies. And then see if you're just recording those, what do you get? Because that's too low for a lot of things. And it seems to be linked to when we are actually getting EVP. So do we suddenly get a lot clearer VPs because we haven't got all the other junk behind it? So I'm very excited about that because there's, there's lots of lots of possibilities for that. And and if we if it does work, then we've learned a lot more about a few different few different fields and a few different phenomena.
0: Yeah, no, that is absolutely awesome.
2: Hey, G- That's you could probably do yourself actually, AJ. You must you must have that sort of equipment with your your i
0: actually don't at the moment i can't actually um jenny you have to unmute yourself i'm sorry i can't do it won't allow me to do it
3: oh Um, i muted myself i don't have a question i'm just having a break
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and
3: frequencies you know how much i love them so
0: (laughs) ask away we're actually about to be about about to be long long, ongoing with the show but i wanted to see if you had another question real quick but before i say that Andy, dear, what you just said, I actually don't have that equipment on me right at the moment. But I did recently, but I, I had to get rid of it not too long ago. So I actually have to, that's why I'm buying all new equipment right now. I'm trying to get all my stuff back that I want to get. So that's why it was perfect that you came on and shared all this great stuff because Ooh. now I'm going to be in contact with you all the time. I'll probably be annoying. <laughs> <by laughs> Andy, what do you got coming up next? Yeah, How'd you I'm go? sorry. For <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, Janny, before we end the show, you want to ask one, one last question?
3: no 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 i'm i just yeah i've actually really really enjoyed listening to what he's had to say today um there's so much information that we don't know you know but to find people that are actually researching and tapping into that it's just game changing for everyone you know and um good luck with all the work that you're doing because it's it's clearly
2: quite you know quite exceptional thanks and and so it's all about having these sort of conversations and sharing it there's I think there's people. There are people out there doing really interesting things, but they're working very much in Mm. isolation, or or don't want. I don't feel like they can really share what they're finding in case it's not right. But I'm like kind of like this is working for me at the moment. You give it a go, and if you find out it's something else, then fine, we'll just forget about that and move on to the next. But and I think that's the
3: important part. I think that's the important part of, of of you know ascertaining the data that we do. Because, you know, being able to get that information and then, you know, it, it takes – everyone would like to have that 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 essence to be able to do what you do, but not everybody can, you know. So it's, it is game-changing with everything that you are doing, clearly. See, so good I'm luck, di- you know, good work. I'm different. Yes. I think everybody
0: can do what he does. It's just a matter of if you will take the risk and if you will take the time to learn it. That's the biggest problem. Most people don't want to take the time to learn it. Cause I know me, I honestly wouldn't take the time to learn it, even though as much as I love it, because it seems like it's too much for me. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm one of those people. But- <laughs> well, well yeah, that's it. We'll and that. you know, there's
3: this, and there's heaps of people that are like that. You oh, know, totally. there's so many people that are like that. So to be able to get, you know, there's not the same with what I do. You know, it's the same with what a lot of people do. Everybody has their set skills and things. And yeah, um, you know and and to be able to ascertain information and this this the circle the merry-go-round would go continuously if there wasn't people you know like andy to change it yeah. you know yeah, and, and that's what we need and that's what we need in the industry
2: and you, you the point is 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 that you don't always need to the skills but you just need that questioning attitude just like yourself yeah. you're like I saw this thing happen. I, I kind of want to learn a bit more about it. You didn't just go, yeah. fine, that's it. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to do anything with it. You kind of That's how you progress. You just ask that question. Then, yeah. if you ask the right person the question, then they might be able to help you with it. Yep.
0: Absolutely. Well, Andy, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. I'd love to have you on again for sure.
2: It's, it's been an absolute blast. It's been lovely meeting you guys.
0: So, thank yeah, you. Um, <clears throat> thank you. So much for coming on too we really appreciate it i'm sorry that it was a little you know dodgy up and down apologies about that <laughs> it
1: was uh, fun you'll have two friend requests yeah. here whenever we uh you we'll know speak, by the sound of it, yeah. <laughs> it
3: all on it's all good oh 100 yeah definitely but, all right, and i'm yeah, sorry that i was in and out for the for the show i'm just i am at work and i'm I'm sort of by myself at the moment, running the running the chamber. They're waiting for the girls to arrive, so it's <laughs> a <Yeah,
0: laughs> good. great. Well, awesome. no problem. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for coming on. We appreciate it.
3: Yep, no
1: yeah, no problem. See you
0: soon. Bye. 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 Wow man, dude, I tell you, there's so much awesome stuff going on in the paranormal field that like, you know, like obviously we're able to uncover and bring onto the show <laughs> and so people like Andy, I that's just absolutely amazing.
1: Do you know what? Do you know what, right? I actually didn't even know that he was looking and inventing half the stuff that he actually is. Cause when you read it when you read his profile, it's like you know, you you really Thanks, Charles. You Thanks, really Charles. you know, you don't get to know someone. I've always said this about anybody. You can read a profile and think that person's got the right idea. Until that person's in front of you speaking to you, you just don't you don't get what that yeah. person's about. No. And absolutely. you know, <clears throat> honestly, it amazing.
0: Oh, totally amazing! And you know, it's crazy because, like I said before, when I was joking around, like you know, I'm not the type of person where I can go out and learn something like that. I can if I wanted to, probably, but I just don't wouldn't want to. So I leave it up to people like Andy to create amazing things so that I could be like, "Hey, can I bother you? I want to buy one." <laughs> you know,
1: this is the thing. It's, this is the thing in, in this in this field, and am this is a podcast, but in the general paranormal field, is if we all work together, then. You know, we can network with people like that. You know what I mean? We can throw ideas to people like that. You know, they can throw ideas to us. They can come on here whenever they want and show all the new stuff they want. And, you know, and okay. work together. And, you know, I'm not going to get in there because, uh, you know I mean? I'll end up saying stuff I, I probably shouldn't. But, you know, it's like.
0: I get what you're saying, man. Hey, you know what? That's the reason why I created this show, man. I created to bring on people like Andy, to bring on other researchers, to share their evidence, to share their, you know, inventions, to share their work, to share their data, to share everything. Because I think that it's important that we share all this stuff. You know, it's not it's, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be against one another. We should be working towards something great. And the more that we work together, the more of us that do it. I think the, you know, the greater possibilities are and um, of figuring this out. So I, I think it's absolutely great. But, man, great show. Um, thank you guys for watching. Um, My name is AJ Capasso, host of Talking With The Source, and go ahead, brother.
1: Robin Haffern from Haffern Paranormal and Talking With The Source.
0: Well, until next time, thank you guys so much for watching. Peace.